Before we had the Ancient Aliens TV show, Gaia TV, government UFO disclosure, and all the various New Age and Truther influencers, there was Valdemar Valerian and the Leading Edge Research Group. There is very little information on the web about Valdemar Valerian and no photos of him to be found. However, he was seemingly a well-connected person within the early truther movement. His monumental work, Matrix 1, Understanding Aspects of Government Interaction with Alien Culture, Technology, and Planetary Power Structures, originally released in 1987, would be the first of a five-book series. In Valdemar's Matrix series, which are written out like declassified government documents detailing and chronologizing the involvement of alien species, was way ahead of its time. Throughout the series, Valdemar shares information from insiders, whistleblowers, experiencers, and declassified documents from which he compiled to bring an extensive amount of information to the subject of aliens and government conspiracy. He was presenting this stuff decades before it became mainstream on news and entertainment channels. Valdemar Valerian was seemingly a pseudonym for a John Grace. Online sources relay his bio as follows. John Grace has researched alien phenomena and interaction with human beings since 1969. He spent 18 months in Southeast Asia from 1970 to 71 as a combat photographer where he saw much UFO activity. After spending four years in England from 1980 to 1984, he gathered all the top research at his disposal and released what became known as the Krill Papers, forerunner of the 381-page book The Matrix, published in 1987. He began networking with researchers worldwide and started an organization known as Nevada Aerial Research Group. Between 1988 and 1989, he functioned as Nevada State Section Director for MUFON. In 1990, he was appointed Interim Associate Director for UFO Contact Center International and was a member of the Aerial Phenomenon Research Organization. In 1988, the Nevada Aerial Research Group, NAR, began issuing a small newsletter detailing research findings. By 1990, this newsletter became known as The Leading Edge and has grown to a monthly 100-page publication. The massive 581-page work entitled Matrix 2 was released in 1990. I laboriously sifted through all five of Valdemar's books and organized just about everything he had to say about the reptilians and their supposed conflict with the greys. The books go into a lot more detail about the greys individually, but isn't wholly covered here. This video is a summation of Valdemar's information about the reptilians. I will be quoting directly from his work, sharing what I think are fascinating pieces of information that were ahead of their time. In July 1947, the radar at the Four Corners area in southwestern United States affected and took down an alien disc. It was entirely an accident. The disc landed near Roswell, New Mexico. It was to be the first of two discs that would crash in that area. On board, scientists and military personnel found several dead alien beings. An immediate analysis of their species could not be determined. 
but the aliens had both reptilian and insect-like qualities. In 1949, the U.S. government recovered a crashed UFO which had a surviving entity in it. This entity was nicknamed EB, Extraterrestrial Biological Entity. EB was held hostage and revealed secrets of the Greys. In 1952, the government created several special agencies to help with the problem. The National Security Agency, NSA, was created especially to deal with the aliens. Together with the NSA and the CIA, the National Reconnaissance Office, NRO, and Delta Security Forces completely took over all aspects of alien and disc interaction. After communications sponsored through Project Plato established diplomatic relations, a meeting was held between elements of the U.S. government and the species known as the Greys on April 25, 1964, at 6 p.m. Through this meeting, there was an exchange of the captured Grey and a human that was being held hostage by the Greys. There was an agreement made between the Greys and the U.S. covert intelligence that day. Among the many parts of the deal was the agreement to allow the Greys to abduct a restricted number of people in exchange for advanced weaponry. Later, the Greys violated their agreement and began to abduct and conduct unallowed experiments on humans. It was said that the government tried to make contact with another group of aliens, allegedly the reptilians, because they were one of the few enemies of the Greys who could get rid of them. The communication was done from the huge underground communications facility outside Datil, New Mexico in February of 1989. It is said that the government had already developed an antimatter weapon at Los Alamos National Laboratories and would detonate it above the surface of the earth, killing all life and destroying the atmosphere and water if the reptilians would not help us get rid of the greys. Evidently, other races used the earth as a way station for natural materials, and this was thought to be a good way to induce them to help us. Since the greys have mastered much deeper technique of hypnosis than humans have, their takeover of human consciousness can only be prevented by strong imagery of a religious or mystical nature. Your contemporary hypnosis works within the mammalian portions of your brain, which in terms of evolutionary development are the more recent acquired portions. Being partially reptilian themselves, the greys know how to manipulate the reptilian level of your brain, which is the most basic and ancient level. The only way to counteract such manipulation is by activating the most high of the highest levels of consciousness accessible to you at your present stage of development. If one is unable to maintain an image evoking that highest level of consciousness firmly in one's thoughts, their hypnosis can bypass the higher levels of your evolutionary development and take control of the deep reptilian brain. In this fashion, overpowering an individual's true will and obliterating the integrity of the soul. The greys work for the taller greys who work under influence from a reptilian species who left them in charge when they left several thousand years ago. During that time, the greys have discovered their independence and do not wish to be re-enslaved by the reptilians when they return. This supports the known observation that abductees are being trained on alien equipment to fight the reptilians. There are several different kinds of both greys and reptilians, but for now, I will simply refer to them as single groups. 
Both groups live on this planet or beneath its surface and in space. They have been here for a long time. The Greys are also working for the reptilians relative to the abductee as an individual and to the human race as a whole. They have been used by the reptilians as the middlemen doing the work and exposing themselves to us on behalf of and instead of the reptilians. The Greys are consistently referred to as a mercenary force, though they themselves will often say that they have no choice, that they themselves are slaves, presumably in their own culture or to the reptilians. Some reptilians, on the other hand, eat us the same way we eat chicken. In the United States, there are rumors of great underground food storage rooms full of preserved human bodies. Sometimes the rumor has it that these bodies are those of children. I asked the Greys why, if this was true, would it be children? I was told that it is not only children, but also adults that reptilians eat. Children are preferred because they are generally unpoisoned by the substances like caffeine, nicotine, alcohol, and other things adults are saturated with as a group. The reptilians don't seem to be dependent on us as a food source, although part of their experimental work with us is for us to become a food supply and production supply. When they become involved with crossbreeding humans and reptilians, they are not doing it for racial survival, but for the purpose of creating a subclass slave race within their own culture. Often the reptilians seem to be present during abductions as observers only, standing off to the side of the action, just watching. For the most part, we are dealing with another species that is humanoid in shape, but reptilian in heritage. Their leader elite are the Draco. They even have special wings, which are flaps of skin supported by long ribs. These can be folded back against the body. They are also known as the Dragon Race, and their symbology usually includes the winged serpent. There are elements of their species which do not have wings. The soldier class and scientists have none. They are cold-blooded and have to have a balanced environment to maintain body temperature. They average from 6 to 7 feet in height. The greys are really an order of crossbreed between humans and reptilian species. There are several other lines of crossbreeds which have been bred for various specific characteristics. Some hybrids have an active pineal gland and are telepathic. A covert species war is currently being fought between the Draconian-linked cultures and the Orion-linked cultures. The truce, as applied to Earth, is under extreme stress. The so-called Orion group is an empire. Their purpose is conquest, then enslavement of the unelite. These crusaders set up bases within Maldek, now destroyed, Mars and Earth. The Draconian group is a confederation. They are the reptilian humanoids with subgroups, the serpent race from Sirius as an example, and various crossbreeds. They set up bases inside of Venus, the Earth, and other locations. Earth is on their trade route. The reptilian species that are soon coming back to Earth are the same entities who affected much of Earth's history in the past. It was the reptilian types that were represented in the Garden of Eden story as the serpent. 
The entities that originally participated in the creation of the Homo sapiens species placed the entities, humans, that they had genetically engineered in their own image within that garden. The desertification of the planet is in progress, and the transformation into a hot, carbon dioxide-rich planet suitable for any reptilian species is happening right before our eyes. In general, higher life forms do not look at humans as bugs, although some species, like the greys and the reptilians, along with their allies, do, because they cannot experience love and compassion. The true balanced higher life forms have great love and compassion for humans and really care about them more than you can ever imagine, because their levels of love are so much higher than human levels of love. In scientific circles of the shadow government, the recently discovered planet paradoxically orbiting a pulsar beyond our solar system and so baffling to conventional science is certain indication of the progress of the traveling reptilian Death Star, now temporarily tethered within visible range around a body just beyond our own system so as to fuel up on certain star-synthesized elements for the next leg of their ominous journey toward Earth. Earth. Thus, cleverly compressed between the two opposing Dramati Prasani, the Greys and Reptilians, the consolidating Earth government may hope to accelerate the reality of its new world order so as to create a maximally stable socio-economic and political condition, plastically coordinated and globally changeable at a moment's notice, while firm and homogeneous in obedient orientation, an optimized one-world army weeded of its superfluous population elements tailored to a computerized central control system and fully dependent for its information and the staples of its very life support on the directives of the power elite, now the overt owners of the world. All right, well, that's just about everything in brief that Valdemar had to say about the reptilians throughout his five book series. His Matrix series is full of so much more amazing information having to do with various subjects. One thing that I found really fascinating about his explanation of the Greys is that they have a high level of telepathic ability and utilize the reptilian part of the brain to subdue us into hypnotic states. But Valdemar tells us that a great way to counteract this is to elevate our vibration, level of thinking, and or consciousness into the higher aspects of being so as to not reside in the easily controllable reptilian part of the brain. And coupled with that is his advice to build a mandala or image that we can use as an archetype to hold in our minds that encompass that energy so we can easily retract to it when we are under gray alien hypnotic attack. This reminds me of the many amulets and images of the major religions which can be used to ward off evil spirits. It's not so much about the object or image, but the level of energy poured into them that act as an energy weapon when needed. According to Valdemar, the greys are working for the reptilians, but some of them have broken loose into their own faction attempting to create a power structure before the reptilians return. Among this, the humans are attempting to build a global government to be able to fight them both off. It's a war between the governments of different alien species for control over their slave constituents. Who will win?